we are back. We are back in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, unfortunately, um, our original host, the rogue Jedi, he has unfortunately made a transition um, and he has become something much greater. He has become enlightened. Uh, he's now Meech the Grey uh, and he has and he has now seen what the true light is. And joining us today is the Super Saiyan Sith, uh, but unfortunately, I, he has not reached enlightenment yet. And then we have ourselves the Sword of the Jedi herself, uh, Jade the White. She has also reached enlightenment. So we would like to welcome you all to this very special episode of Ahsoka. Yes. So episode five, Shadow Warrior. Uh, great to have our senior Star Wars correspondent Jamie back on Sword of the Jedi, Meech as well, who is in his bag right now, and then of course me, the Super Saiyan Sith. So with that, I'm Demetrius, and I'm Demetrius, and Meech Meech presents the Blurred City Podcast. All right, Jamie, how do you? Before we like jump into everything, good to have you back on. I uh, definitely want to have you on for the season finale as well. Of course, of course, it's great to be back. All right, so before we get into just like this monumental episode and the shenanigans that follow. Let's go to the legal spiegel. The purpose of this podcast is to explore digital and print media. All sources we reference are owned by res their respective companies. Our thoughts and opinions are strictly our own and reflect no biases or corporate agendas whatsoever. Your discretion is advised. All right. So with that, again, like we mentioned, if you've been watching and just like listening in, we are on Ahsoka episode five. We are doing our weekly podcast recap episodes of this every Monday right now. It's the Shadow Warrior. It's one that we've been looking forward to for a long time. Uh, this was the episode of Prophecy, and we're going to get into predictions later about like characters that were in it that might still be in it later in the season. But before we get into all of that, let's get to the Pulse of the People. We have um, just like one of our greatest Star Wars assets here. So, Jamie, what was the Pulse of the People? How do you feel about this episode? Oh, my goodness. I... Okay, we'll start with a couple of different levels. Uh, but first of all, like, I'm going to try to not just, like, scream hysterically. Um, but, like, so that scene, I know this is a reference that's probably going to go over both of y'all's heads, but the scene from New Girl where Jess and Nick meet Prince, like, that was me. Yes! I love New Girl. We've got to get the other Meech on New Girl because New Girl is, like, literally one of the best shows ever. You uh, like New Girl Meech? I keep trying to him to watch it, and he hasn't seen it. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so that scene well, where Nick and Jess meet Prince, and Nick's like, yeah, no, that was me this episode. Or even that meme that's circulating about, like, you know, Pedro Pascal, like, laughing and then crying. And then, yeah, no, that was me this episode. This episode, I don't have the words to describe everything that this episode meant to me. Like, this is everything that we hoped and dreamed it was and more. Like, literally, again, I'm going to come back to my previous statement that, like, this show is Dave's flipping masterpiece and in Dave Filoni we trust. And I just, I have only good things to say about this episode. So, amazing, wonderful masterpiece. Neat. All right, so as uh the the resident uh star wars boy of the of the two of us i have to uh go ahead and say that uh this episode it made me realize something it made me realize that dave filoni really sold his soul to give us greatness um he he, he poured out literally everything and he gave everything in everyone's uh souls his soul is ours now um he he has my firstborn son now uh 
And also in in other news like the Saber Guild, they they they've lost their collective minds, okay. Um our our choreography is about to go into a whole new level today. Uh and I know it's gonna happen when when next when next practice is. Uh, I already have some techniques ready to uh unleash on the on the unfortunate victim that is my sparring partner. And as far as the story goes, people are also again in levels of his hysterics, tears, uh, sweat, other other assorted of uh, fluids. Um, they they do everything. It 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 is just no words. Just bow, just bow. Yeah. Uh, from what I've heard from most of the people, everything like in the show, everyone associated with the show, like they have the cauldron going, they have the heat underneath it and they are cooking. Uh, so I've, I've heard a lot of great things about this episode. I mean, I've watched the episode too, but just post the people. So again, try not to like spoil myself by going too deep into just like um, other people's opinions and in fact in the podcast, but man, this, this show right here, let's get into it actually. So with that, we can get into our recap. Uh, so we're going to not, recap the episode in straight chronological order but we're gonna hit some of the side plots and then go into the main plot if you've been watching ahsoka obviously you know anakin is here but Nietzsche hit us with that recap all right so i'm just gonna go ahead and get the b plot out of the way right now so essentially it opens up with hera and the gang arriving too late on uh on the planet to to uh see huang who's currently mourning over the loss of our of our fellow too. And, and, uh, and then at the same time we have our boy Tava, he's coming in, he's basically saying like, Hey, uh, so yeah, you're about to basically get court-martialed the entire, the entire Republic fleet. They, they found out about your plans and they found out that you out here disobeying orders. So, uh, it's about to be wraps for you and your title as general. And unfortunately, Mon Mothma, she did all she could, uh, but she, but unfortunately, all the other senators are ops and it's like, hey, you got no proof that Thrawn's alive. You got nothing. So, and I, can I say something quickly about the Republic? Um, this goes back to like the first episode, well, episode three that we talked about. So you couldn't send nobody to help the general, um, look for potentially anyone that would like lead the um not the republic but the imperials you couldn't send nobody but you sent the whole fleet to come get me that's all i gotta say talk if we talk about incompetence what happened to episode seven is what you get so go ahead Mitch. Ooh, ooh. yep and continuing on like as you said uh as as you mentioned before like yeah the the republic fleet decided to come down just grab hera and all the gang uh and that's pretty much the b plot and that's the okay there is one really important moment that happens at the beginning of that b plot though you mentioned senators suppose there's one senator who we all know because we should expect this from her is not opposed to this and so we actually get a really really amazing sweet cameo um by by just name dropping um in this episode and leia is making her first kind of name drop appearance on this episode because we hear senator organa is working to stall um basically what's going on to give Hera more time and so and again it says senator organa and then she so and again at that's at this point there's only one senator organa that's leia so there was a really sweet moment of leia getting name dropped at the beginning of this episode and that was just like to start off how amazing it was that was just a great little drop for us 
And also peep the fact that she's not named Organa Solo. So uh just just uh just letting you know where the timeline is on that on their uh relationship and eventual collapse. But uh but in any case, we need to we can now pivot to greatness. All right. Let's pivot to to a man who didn't age and to a woman who got old. Let's talk. That was a harsh way of saying that. Wow. It's pretty cruel. <laughs> Again, this is Meech the Gray here. I I do what I want. First Chaotic all, neutral. So first of all, uh Sub City is temporarily coming in. Rosario Dawson is a beautiful woman. You will not be insulting Rosario. If you're okay, you might regret, but if you're gonna pull back the Sim City, I will not hold back being Brandon Skywalker slash hate Christensen. So if you want to go there, we're going to go there. <laughs> go for it. It's equal opportunity. Oh, nah, nah, nah. We are... We are pulling Simp City. We are keeping the lock on down because I am... It's like, if I cannot simp for the past few episodes, we are not... We are sticking it out to the end, okay? <laughs> there is nothing that you guys can do so sift stop your simping sword i don't even want to hear it from you all right because you the one that initiated in the first place there's no hypocrisy here all right so let's talk about my dad uh anakin skywalker okay well let's talk about how essentially essentially just him and his uh his conversation with snips and just how she essentially Essentially, like, hey, you ain't too old to have a final lesson from your master. And what's that lesson? Live or die. And then we get into a, a spectacular saber fight. Mm -hmm. If anybody else want to take over from here. Of course. Yeah. So this is like probably, oh, my gosh, the coolest part of the episode. So we start with a saber fight. And then, you know, we see they're pretty evenly matched. And I will say, like, having Hayden back on the screen again with his dueling talent was phenomenal just like hayden's level at this episode was like it was like the peak anakin that we all knew that he was was on the screen which was phenomenal um so major props to all of that choreography department for this episode but anyway so they get into a duel um they kind of have a little bit of their banter that starts to show back up and then from there um anakin actually kind of slices the uh pathway to the world between worlds and then they start falling and then we show up in this kind of like dream sequence type um red forward it's not really a monologue or um a mindscape i can't yes montage well montage is the word i'm thinking of it's not really a montage because it's not like cause it's it's actual scenes but anyway sequence let's just call it a sequence um so we go through two battles the first one um ahsoka refers to as one of their first battles together the second one is the siege of mandalore and so anakin seems to be leading her through these two very specific um battles and points in their history as he's trying to teach her this final lesson um and so a lot, I'm sure we'll get more into kind of the depths of what's going on in these scenes later, but just for the recap purpose, um, there's really just a lot of wrestling that they do with each other throughout these scenes. Um, and then it kind of culminates into this final, like, nope, Anakin's like, nope, you didn't understand the point. We're going back to the beginning. But now, significantly, at the beginning, he had his typical Skywalker blue saber. Um, now he flips and it's the red Vader saber, right? 
And so then we have this confrontation between Ahsoka and Anakin as Vader that ends up kind of being the last half of this sequence that he brings her through. Additionally, one of the like most beautiful, like crazy, amazing scenes from this whole like episode is there's there's a couple of separate scenes where you have Anakin walking and then there's like this flash and he's Vader and then it flashes back to Anakin and that happens twice. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. Anyway, so look. So, yeah, so fantastic. The typical. And I love one of my favorite things, too, about just the way that they choreograph that scene is like Anakin's starting position is the exact same starting position with Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith in both of those duels. He starts with his back, ignites his saber to the side. And then I mean, he doesn't really like flip and twist, but like kind of turns around and engages from there. So that was a really cool kind of illusion. Additionally, in these scenes flashback, we actually get Hayden as Clone Wars Anakin, like Clone Wars like that full outfit that haircut that everything anakin um and it was brilliant it was so amazing then we flash back to revenge of the sith anakin revenge of the sith anakin is who we get for most of the time anyway and so ahsoka there's a really interesting moment at the end where she kind of has to pull the same move that she moved that she used using darth or to defeat darth maul in the siege of mandalore actually where she doesn't have a lightsaber and anakin has a lightsaber similar situation she was in with Maul. She had lost her sabers. Maul had his saber and she kind of uses literally the same move to basically take Anakin's saber from him. And the Ambassador from Tales of the Jedi as well. Yeah, too. Yes, yes. So same move there to best Anakin. And then she has this really cool... There's a really interesting... Again, I'm sure we'll get into this later. Um, I have very specific opinions of what I think happens in the scene, but we kind of zoom in on her face. There's a little bit of a change in her eyes that happens there. And then she... Um, shuts off the saber and says I choose life and throws it away and then Anakin kind of comes back to himself and he's like well maybe there's hope for you yet all right so so with this part I think that whole uh, world between worlds we're gonna cut and then talk about it so like interrelaying it with that like what you talked about how they go to the flashbacks we see young Ahsoka and that was like such a cool uh just scenes with that and really like the person that played Ahsoka played uh kid gamora and played the um girl in barbie so she is getting a bag right now and then she also starred in that movie uh 65 with with yes. the driver yes so let's say kylo uh, ren so you know the um when uh all might points and he's talking to deku he's actually talking to her she got next but with that just like the cool scenes of kind of like what it's like to be a warrior um so she was kind of just like man i it is all my life as a jedi just going to be like as a soldier and anakin was essentially saying like it's the clone wars this is what we have to be in order to survive uh we have to adapt with the times so that was just like really cool and we can kind of get into like the lessons of like what was he trying to teach her because i've seen so much discourse about like what was the lesson he was actually trying to teach her? Because obviously she has her own quote unquote Padawan at the time, like currently. And then also we saw that like she's been alone for such a, a long time on her own. So with that, if she like she's not really walking the path of a Jedi, is she going to quote unquote turn to the dark side or is she going to quote unquote like live that? What is a Jedi? Which I think is an awesome question being asked throughout this entire show. Hmm. Yeah, very. Yeah, it's a very interesting question to be had, and I think like that's something that's definitely uh gonna be touched upon in the post analysis uh because there's also because again there's so much meat to this episode that we 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 can't discuss it all just in this beginning portion because that'll take us all year and then we won't ever finish. So 
just to quickly finish everything off, right? Inner intersplice between the the B plot and the and the A plot. We also have scenes of Jason Sindula, aka the son of Hedda and Kanan. And essentially he he's like noticing how in the waves, in the crashing waves of the real world, he's sensing, he's hearing uh lightsabers clashing, aka the fight in the world between worlds. And essentially like he's pointing it out to Hera and then she starts feeling and noticing it as well. Could be a way of him basically imbuing that force hearing onto her uh, just for that time being. And then she goes and she manages to go to the right location where uh, where Ahsoka's, well, not dead corpse is is currently being held at as she essentially goes and saves Ahsoka. And from this point on, Ahsoka, she she's different. She's a lot more like upbeat, a lot more optimistic, a lot more like happier about things. Uh the the makeup on like on her, especially with how like she didn't have that headdress, kind of weirded me out, but that's neither here nor there. Um because and then we also see like her clothes are different. She's wearing all white this time uh she's now ahsoka the white and ahsoka the white is now different all right as i said more upbeat she has a a like a much more upbeat attitude about everything going on and she's much more laid back and chill much more than she was in the beginning of uh of this season as well as in mandalorian because as we know like her her sins have been absolved if you will Her, her sins have been absolved and she is now uh and she's now like and now they're like okay how do we go and find uh Ezra and them I'm not it well yeah Ezra and Sabine and them and and she looks up and sees our favorite sky whales the purple so <laughs> she so her and her ship goes up she communes with the the head whale in charge uh the HPIC if you will and and just communicate with him through the force and it's like oh okay uh all right so she managed to communicate with it and it's like hey we can go in in its mouth you wang and then they're going to essentially take us somewhere and who yang's like hold up we don't know where where they're gonna take us and it's like hey it's better than nothing let's see where it takes us let's be chill about it you know what i'm saying and yes and then they hyperspace on out of there Oh. Yes. So, and, like, and basically, yeah, that's pretty much the episode. So, like Jonah and Marlin and Dory, they the whales will lead them to where they need to be. Exactly. Oh yeah. Exactly. So, all right. So yeah, we can break. We can break it down now. So, what are your thoughts on this episode? The deeper machinations and stuff like that. Oh my goodness! All right. Gosh, there's a number of things. First of all, I'm going to start on the music just because I can make a kind of quick two cents on that. I, Kevin Kiner, I think is how you say his name. He is the same composer that did um, both Rebels and Clone Wars. Okay. So he's been around these characters for a while. And I really loved, there's elements, like there were elements from 
the like finale of Clone Wars, the music from that, like how heart wrenching that scene was. There were elements of that that were like laced into the first battle scene and the dream sequence. And then there was like elements of like the classic Star Wars theme that was like woven into that scene where Hera and Jason are like really kind of letting the force speak to them and hearing those lightsabers. So like that was really cool to have some of those classic Star Wars elements come back. So music definitely is a hit for me um, so far. I know we've kind of discussed previously there's different opinions about it but the music i think was fantastic um now going beyond that i think going to the dream sequences and then like what anakin's lesson to ahsoka actually is i'm kind of still chewing on like what is the full like depth of that because i think it's one core lesson that has a lot of different layers um my personal perspective on which battles we saw i think the first one was actually the battle of ryloth um because we know that and it's interesting because if you go back and you actually watch the ryloth arc in the clone wars um ryloth was the first time ahsoka was actually given a command and it goes awful like most of her i think almost her whole squadron if not her entire squadron dies um and they like have to retreat and pull back and regroup and then like she totally shuts down and just is like i can't do this like i failed and it it's funny because it starts with she starts like really arrogant really cocky like and kind of refuses a couple direct orders to come back to the ship when they realize it's like a trap but she doesn't realize it's anyway point being she comes back and anakin really has to work confidence back into her to get up and keep going to accept that like we we all make mistakes like that's you know but you can't like stay there and like Anakin's at a spot where he's like we still need to finish this mission and I need you if we're gonna finish this mission um and so you know he ends up kind of teaching her a lesson that way so I feel like we're revisiting that lesson um in this Ryloth scene and so um because again that's kind of the discussions he brings up right like some of their actual dialogue is that like we still make mistakes and her response is like but our mistakes cost lives that doesn't bother and he's like no of course it does but like do we still have to accept our mistakes and move on and what i love about the fact that it's this anakin that we're getting like post return of the jedi anakin who has been on his entire path who has made the mistake of falling to the dark side and becoming vader and come back i think he's speaking from a deeper place of like he's had to accept right who he is and so he's now trying to give her that lesson of like we have to accept all that we are right not just these like mistakes as they come up but both sides of us we have to accept um and i think that kind of plays on further when we get down into like the mandalore arc too right because then that's kind of when they have this whole conversation of like she has this um i really love actually just kind of the dialogue that they have throughout this because like uh, oh, and actually, I realized one thing we forgot to mention. Rex makes a cameo on this, too. We have Rex live action that shows up. Anyway, so moving on. Um, I think it's in the Mandalore scene specifically, but basically Anakin starts talking to her about how everything that he is will be contained in her because as her master, that was his job, right? To pass on everything that he knew. And so in everything being contained in her, it's like the whole essence. It's like, you know, all that he was, not just this like, jedi that was like you know one of the quote-unquote good guys but like all of him right and so that's kind of what the core i think of the wrestling in this is about is like she's the last time we know for sure that ahsoka saw anakin when he was living 
was when she confronted him as Vader in Rebels um, on Malachor, I think it was. And they ended up, you know, dueling. And that was actually the first time she got pulled into the world between worlds also. But anyway, to kind of get back to the point, I just love that conversation of like, everything I am is in you. And then like, they kind of have this idea of like, is that all that I am, a soldier or whatever? And he's like, no, like, you're more than that because I'm more than that also. And again, I love that idea of Anakin having come to a place where like, this is after he's kind of had his redemption moment. Like, I am more than that. I am more than my mistakes. So you are more than your mistakes also. And just that lesson of like, yes, we make mistakes, but we have to be able to move on. And I think it coincides with like another layer of that is like he brings her back to these battles because if Thrawn is coming, there's a big war that's coming. And she has to, again, go back to those lessons of being a warrior and being a survivor um, to be able to make it. Two, she's literally kind of actually fighting for her life right now because she's like underwater. And like, I think that's one of the levels of the live or die lesson is like, okay, are you going to stand up and fight to live or are you just going to give up and die? Um, So I think that's kind of some of the core of what's really happening here. But I really think this idea of legacy keeps coming back around. And I think balance, I threw out balance the first time I was on here where I thought Sabine was going to have to come to like have both accept both halves of herself i think that's the same lesson in this honestly we see that anakin has come to a place where he has both sides of himself balanced right like it's not like he's gotten rid of the dark side it's still there we see it in the episode but he has balance because he's accepted all that he is and i think he's calling ahsoka to the same thing right that like yeah she's made mistakes yeah she's like conflicted in herself over you know her history with Anakin what Anakin became and her being part of that story but again it's this idea of you have to come to a place of balance where you have fully accepted yourself and you are balanced in knowing that like yes there's a part of you that's a warrior but you're also more than that and we have to hold the two things in balance um anyway there's so much more that I love and obviously we could talk about this forever but I think the big scene um at the end where she oh yeah we have to talk about this so the big scene at the end where she takes the lightsaber and we see her eyes kind of i think her eyes do turn and i think this is kind of that that idea of balance that like okay because all of anakin is in her the darkness is there too right like and that's kind of the whole lesson we've heard throughout star wars like both the dark and the light are present in all of us right it's just a question of which side wins and so again i think that's her moment of like having to accept there is darkness here and what am I going to do about it? Like, what's my response to it going to be? So I think that is a moment of her, like, actually, it's not just like, you know, the glow from the saber in her eyes. Like, no, I think she does actually, like, have the Sith turn in that moment. But again, choosing to walk away and saying, I choose to live. I think that's her moment of accepting and finding balance. And so when she comes out and she's dressed in the white robes afterwards, I think that's the symbol of her actually finding that balance. She's able to move on. That's why we see her lighter because she has accepted the lesson that Anakin taught her. And now she's moving forward. That was a lot of talking. So somebody else can take over. <laughs> All right, Meech. All right. Yeah, there's definitely a, a lot in there. Uh, you touched on like literally 99% of what, what I was going to say, at least in terms of the lesson. Also, just just know that a, a good portion portion of her struggles also comes from the fact that remember in the previous fight that she loses to Balin he says like she's a legacy like you're part of a legacy of destruction uh so that was definitely like another added bit in there um but let's let's keep on moving from there um yep so so another aspect of this in which I really loved is just how just how much like Hayden embodies like not only Matt Lanter's uh, approach to Anakin because 
as we know, like when he came back for Obi Wan Kenobi, he rewatched all of Clone Wars. So there is that Matt Lanter influence in his performance as well, but still has a bunch of Hayden in there too. Uh, there's also the aspect of of just how much he is able to channel Vader on a dime, right? As you mentioned, like he can, it's like he's channeling his dark side, but is doing it for a good purpose. Uh, and you can see that, right? Not only just with the visual cues, but also in just like his voice and his mannerisms, right? Because like there was a point where after he pushes her into the world between worlds, he says, and you lack conviction. If you listen real closely, especially with headphones, you hear Vader behind it, like the mechanical Vader, like right behind that voice. So I was like, hey, yo. Uh, so that was a good thing. Um, and then, as I said, like when it comes to his mannerisms, his vocal mannerisms change over the course of the entire conversation throughout the entire episode. And it was slowly going from regular Shepard to more and more Vader-esque until he sees that, okay, Ahsoka's good now. So I can go back to being Anakin because I think like that's another test that he had. It was like, all right, choice of between living and dying, right? It choice between live or die is like, all right, are you going to live in the present? Are you going to like, hey, you're good? Like, all right, you're able to fight, move on from your um from our past and be able to move forward? Or Am I going to have to teach you how to become a force ghost because you didn't learn the lesson and uh, it's it's wraps for you. Uh, and I think like that was the main thing. And he saw like she thought that she chose correctly. Uh, and then another thing about this is another like indicator that uh that like this is like post redemption Anakin is where she says, I won't fight you. And then he says, I've heard that before. Clear Luke reference. Uh, just moving on. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's pretty much all I got between from like a lot of this. Oh yeah, of course you see Ahsoka and Anakin doing the arm cross at the same time. Uh, being being like many, I'm like brings a tear to my eyes. Uh, oh, one thing is how is Jason Sindula, right? He uses force hearing in order to you know, like, listen to the lightsaber fight on the world between worlds. Guess who also has that ability? A certain character from the EU named Jason Solo. So, so it's it's interesting that you have a character named Jason using the same force ability that not many others did have. Uh, that's, that's, that's just something I just want to throw out there. Like, take that as you will. Uh, is Jason Sandula about to be uh, Darth Kytus? Is he the analog? Oh, hold that thought. We, we, we don't know. We don't know. But but that's just some nuggets I got in there. Um, when it's really cool, too, like, when he Yang responds to the fact that Jason, like, is hearing the sabers, like, they actually name drop Kanan, in the, which is, like, the first time we've heard Kanan's name in live action. They're like, oh, his father was Kanan Jarrus, a Jedi, which is, like, so, again, so cool just having these little characters kind of make their way into the story yep and and yeah and and i was just gonna like throw in my two cents about like what battles we saw um because like like yeah as she t told like yeah you kind of do see the battle ryla or at least in my opinion i think like that first scene when when she gets dropped into the middle of the fight 
I honestly don't think that that part is Ryloth. The aftermath and like when she was mourning over the stormtroopers most definitely was. But I don't think like that initial part was partially because like on rewatching due to the nature of how they splice the scenes because like because essentially they they take like all right there's the battle of Ryloth and then it goes back to the B plot then it cuts to her like at the siege of Mandalore which kind of makes me think that like okay she's like literally going through like her worst slash greatest hits over time which is what makes me think like that first part wasn't right because it also gets spliced by a by the b plot so it's like first battle which we don't know what that could be i thought it was the second battle of geonosis partially because of the fog and the redness of the of the hint of everything when like it could be geonosis it could be the battle of teth i don't know it's just a battle then it's just like a battle to get us reacquainted with Anakin and like all the Clone War and get us like adjusted to Clone War shenanigans. R then Ryloth, then the, uh, and then Siege of Mandalore. But that's, that's all my two cents I have just about that. And that's just like my reservations in just like, I don't think it was all Battle of Ryloth and then just Siege of Mandalore. But that's all I got. One thing too that reminded me of what's interesting is that if it is, Ryloth and Mandalore. We know the second one's Mandalore for sure, but if if it's Ryloth, it's the first one. We're actually seeing her first, basically her first and her last command of the Clone Wars in both of those moments. And so, again, it's like, is Anakin trying to prepare her at some level to lead in what's coming? Because he has that quote about how we're Jedi, we're expected to lead. Um, there's kind of that aspect. But yeah, it's just a really interesting kind of dynamic there about, hmm. What's the significance of these scenes that we're seeing? Seeing her with the green saber was pretty cool as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. So with that um, recap all into it, we could obviously go into it much more. But again, these aren't supposed to be hour long. So with that, we can get into our MVP of the week. I think I know who both of y'all are going to pick. So mine is going to be slightly different. I'm going with Jason Sindula only because they put so much emphasis on him at the beginning of like the first 20, 24 minutes of the show with him doing the force hearing. He was basically the reason they were able to find um, Ahsoka in the water and just kind of like him, his dedication to it being like, no, go look again, fly lower and just being able to do that force hearing. So like uh, kind of leading into the, the wor world between worlds. And that kind of also is going to tie into my big question, my two big questions of the week later. So. Who is your MVPs of the week? You already know who mine is. It's the chosen one. Mr. Anakin Skywalker, Mr. Darth Vader, Mr. Nightfall Vader, Mr. Uh, Mr. My Dad, uh, because he definitely is him. He always was him. He will forever be him. Uh, and just being able to like from beyond the grave to be able to assist his Padawan one more time and impart on the lessons that his son imparted onto him and just being it was like hey boom and just make sure like she was set for for the battle to come it, it yes also also second mvp is Hayden christensen uh just that's just all i'm gonna say about that there's no jamie, more words needed jamie is your mvp the honk of the week as well <laughs> oh my gosh i love you said that 
for me, honestly, yeah, there's really only one choice of MVP here, and that is the chosen one himself, Anakin Skywalker, Hayden Christensen. It's all one. Like, one, yes, Hayden, it was incredible to have Hayden really be Anakin again on the screen. Again, I mentioned his dueling far and beyond um, is, like, Honestly, I think every saber duel that Hayden's in is like top five in Star Wars. He's incredible. So, 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 so great to have him back. Um, I hope we see more of him. Fingers crossed. I really hope. Um, But yeah, just seeing Anakin come back, um, seeing him teach, seeing him really be at peace with where he's at. And I think, I guess the one other thing I guess I kind of forgot is it's really interesting that like when he switches to that kind of final point where he's like, nope, you didn't get the lesson. We're starting over. Like, it's interesting that it's the dark side that she has to beat, right, to actually learn the lesson, which kind of makes me think like he understands that it's she's not really ready to accept the darkness yet. Like, accept might not be the right word, but like just the fact that, again, that's the thing that she has to beat. That's the thing she has to accept and comes to terms with and find balance in. And the way that he teases out, you know, what does she really need? It's the mark of a good teacher. It's the mark of him being at balance with himself and really coming into his role as the chosen one and maintaining his role as the only chosen one for all of time and forever. No debates, no, no questions, no, no other comments. He's he's it. Oh. No other option. I was like, I wonder who that was addressed towards. Oh, I'm sure you know exactly who that's addressed mm. for. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying no names. <laughs> so, mm. of course, yeah. Hayden slash Anakin. Always, always my boy. Always my chosen one. So with that, I, I do hope Ahsoka gets to go on her uh, Cal Kestis Stark Jedi arc. But transitioning next, we are going to get into our big question of the week. Again, this doesn't, for uh, those that are first-time listeners, this doesn't necessarily have to relate to the story. It could be something bigger at large, but also kind of in it. So what questions do you have coming out of this week's episode? Oh, gosh. Questions. Well, first of all, I think the big question is, all right, where are the purgles going? (laughs) You know, because we've got this great new, like, I don't know. I have no idea where they're going, but it's better than going nowhere. So one, love that. Um, so one, where are the purgles going to? What are they going to get like when they get there? I think that's the biggest question really is, all right, what kind of scene are we coming into when we make it to the other side of wherever this jump is? Um, another question I have is like, what kind of mess is Hera going to have to mop up? Um, because like she literally was told that she's about to possibly be stripped of command like permanently. And so she may have some big decisions to make um and you know we know that Hera is gonna stand on what she believes and choose what she believes in but how much of a mess is Hera gonna have to clean up that's kind of a big question and you know where are we gonna go with Jason from here it's another question I have love to see I love how he's really not just been a side character like he's kind of stepping into more of a main not like main main but like you know small main character role so I love that the way he's being used in this season so mm-hmm. Meach, do you want me to go next or do you want to go next? No, you go next because I have, I have okay. questions. So I have two questions. One of them, both of you may be able to answer. But for my first one, does a parent being force sensitive usually trend to the offspring being force sensitive as well? Because most of the time when we see it in Star Wars, it's kind of the case. Kind of, yeah. Tony, I mean, obviously, there are exceptions, of course. Obviously, in Anakin's case, like he was like basically fathered by the force so he kind of has it literally in his blood but then again like for most of the era of star wars we've seen there's been rules about 
Jedi reproducing. So like, you know, but I think for the most part, it seems that there is a trend there. Yeah, there's it's as I was saying, like, it's mostly true. But then there are like few exceptions, uh, probably the biggest one being uh, Revan and Bastila's kid who ended up not being force sensitive at all. So, uh, so if you know, you know, and, and just small cases like that, where the child just ends up not being attuned. So it, okay. oh, it could go both ways. And then my second question, which is, uh, the bigger one, just like Star Wars as a whole. I, when I, uh, saw Jason and his ability, I got scared because each time we see a new Star Wars, um, product, there's always like one more, like, jedi that like survived the purge of order 66 there's one hiding out you know the the games the clone wars whether that be um mandalorian ahsoka itself and when we get to episode seven um it says the force awakens so essentially there are no jedi and then when it's like the last uh, jedi with um you know luke in episode eight it implies basically it's um luke and ray are the only two jedi left that's what's implied what happened to the rest of the Force-sensitive and Jedi people? Well, remember, Luke tried to establish another temple, and then it got slaughtered by Kylo and the Knights of Ren. So, so that's so entirely possibly what happened. Also, 20-plus years. So, so is, Jace, is Jason dead? He's either dead or he's a Knight of Ren. Um, yes. And then our boy Grogu, who isn't Jedi, he's following the path of Mandalore. But he's at that it's point. It's also rattling for him. It's also rattling for him. If you want to say he's like three to five, if you do human years, uh, then at that time, he'd be like seven to ten. So he's still too young. And then our boy Jin is probably gone now. So <laughs> I'm scared about like what happens as we progress forward. But Meech, what are your big questions? All right. So here's here are some pretty big ones. Firstly, with the uh, with the origins of Ahsoka the White, right, um, we essentially are inching like ever closer to you know that finale scene of uh of rebels where's that staff gonna come from and what purpose will it serve that's that's number one number two is yujan vong win because we're in another galaxy there ain't no way y'all not gonna do my my boys that dirty uh number three is especially like with the fact that we still have like one, two, three episodes left. All right. Now we now this has to get to the point of the questions that needs to get answered. So, like, what's up with Ezra? Is it raps for your boy? Is he GGs or is he uh That's season two? If it's a season two, then um, then just go ahead and uh unsubscribe. Uh. It's it's GG's because you cannot just pose a question like that at the beginning of the show and not answer it. All right. What you think this is? Game of Thrones. What you think this is? Walking Dead. What you think this what you think this is, huh? Um exactly. This is Well, Dave is making a movie at the end of this. So it's gotta culminate to something. I don't Yeah. And speaking of a movie, right? That was gonna be my next question is what in the world is going to happen in this movie? Is this essentially, is it essentially like going to be where, because we have three episodes for Thrawn to just show up and wild out, okay? And we have an idea that it ain't ending. At least that's what I feel like. like I feel like you can't just hype up Thrawn and not have him just 
wild out for just two episodes. Nah, he needs to wild out for at least seven. So he needs to see so yeah, what's this movie going to be about? Why is this? And like, what's going to happen to him? Why is why is he out in this other galaxy? What have he been doing in this other galaxy? And where's the rest of the Chiss ascendancy? Is is the movie he's making the one with uh, Ray, or is that a different movie? Nah, no, my understanding is that his movie is basically supposed to be the culmination of all the shows he's been involved with. So it's like oh, okay. the culmination of the Mandalorian story of Ahsoka of um the other ones. I don't remember. It's like that. Maybe, yeah. It's like the ones he's been involved in. It's all of his projects are supposed to culminate together. Okay, because I, I recall The Mandalorian getting a movie to, like, end its run. So, yeah. If I'm right. everything going to tie into uh, the sequel trilogy. There we go. Exactly. That's yeah. that anchor I point. I do so, yep. actually have one more question from last week that I feel like I'm really curious if they're going to answer it or not. So, Balin, when he's tempting um, Sabine, he starts talking about how Sabine's family died because of Ahsoka. That's news if um, her family's actually dead, because last we saw in Rebels, her family was very much alive. So, like, that's kind of adds to the question of when they start talking about Ahsoka's legacy being death and destruction, like, what does that actually mean? Um, and what's happened between, like, Rebels and now that he's referencing? That's kind of a interesting point. Um, just to tack that on there. Yeah, a lot to go with these next three episodes. So with that, we are going to get into our predictions for not only next week, but also the big picture. Um, one thing that I Wanted to quickly mention, Meech, I told you in episode one and two that Ahsoka used force echoes and you were like, no, that was probably Sabine. She uses the force echoes, which gets confirmed in this episode when she touched the map. So so that was pretty dope to see. Uh, I was excited about that. But just like kind of moving forward, kind of what you both mentioned, Thrawn, I think is going to get a run. But I think with the way this episode ended, ended so beautifully, the way they're going to represent the new galaxy has to be sick. You know, even with um, Star Wars, like we go to so many worlds and we we joke about Tatooine all the time. But um, with this new galaxy, what new creatures, what new species, what do the worlds look like? Are there three moons instead of two? Can you even like walk on like certain lands? So um, I, I'm definitely interested to see just like where they go with that. And then big picture how much time does like is this whole arc kind of like you mentioned with the movie going to go is it going to last like those 20 years in the interim or the like 10 years like how does it lead into the first order being created so those are that's kind of like question slash prediction though yeah i think gosh we're set i okay it's hard to imagine i feel like we've had like two payoff episodes in a row at this point two to three payoff episodes in a row and so i feel like it's hard to imagine getting another big payoff episode in a row, but I really feel like they're setting up another big story payoff episode because, like, honestly, I think Thrawn's going to show up in the next episode because, like, they've done so much setting up at this point. Like, that's got to be where we end up um, because, again, we've got to follow up with wherever the heck the Eye of Scion ended up, right? Whether we start with them, whether we start with Ahsoka and the Purgles, I don't know, but we're going to see Thrawn in this episode. Like, I'm... 99% positive of that. Um, whether or not we see Ezra, that's a different question. Um, now, in a perfect ideal world, yeah, it'd be great to see the Yuuzhan Vong on the other side and have that get pulled in. But I genuinely am really curious how they're going to portray this other world. I think I was thinking about like, so one of Zeb's missions 
in Rebels is um, basically he finds out there's more Lasat that have survived and they actually have made their way to this like other like I, I can't remember if it's actually is a different galaxy that they're in that they're basically helping those other two Lasat make their way to. So I'm almost curious, like, does this have a connection to that galaxy? Like what exactly is going on there? But yeah, it'll be really interesting to see the direction they take this. Yep. And then finally, at least for at least for the next episode, right, is as you mentioned, like how they're going to depict the galaxy. But also, you need to figure out how in the world they're going to depict A, the force in this other galaxy because because essentially like we know like how it works in the realm of the star wars galaxy does it translate over one to one are there uh skulls of differences is it is it right like is it going to be regular is it going to be different is it the anti-force are we going to be seeing from from legends or is it going to be anything else that's that's the first main thing we're going to have to deal with especially seeing and also knowing, like, hey, what's what is going to be like Ahsoka's new? Like, is she going to have new abilities that she's going to discover because of her enlightenment to the white side, or is it going to be, or is it going to be different? You know what I'm saying? Like, is she going to go to, or is there going to be different abilities? I, I don't know. Uh, that's that's one thing that they're kind of going to have to answer. And as you said, the depiction of the other galaxy. Are we seeing the Charon, seeing the Yuuzhan Vong, are we seeing like other races or what? What? what's what are we gonna find well what that kind of makes me wonder too is given dave and george's relationship um george's original plan i hear for his sequel trilogy was actually to further explore kind of some of the micro world of like the force and like expand a little further on that midichlorians which of course there's you know lots of people that complained about that but that almost makes me wonder like is are we gonna see elements of that make their way into this universe of like further exploring like what actually more of that like the wills arc that we see yoda goes on and like are we gonna see more like actual appearances from the wills possibly or something like that that'd be really interesting but yeah yeah definitely yeah i feel like however they jamie i do feel like Thrawn is gonna get dropped in this episode but i think it's gonna be like the last three minutes of the episode and it's gonna cut off like that's how they're gonna handle it and then like with ezra it may be episode eight where we see like a close clothing or something like that he he gave his uh lightsaber to sabine right mm-hmm. so it might be something where she, whether he gave it to her or not she has it so. <laughs> so it might be something where she drops it and then it gets picked up in like this weird scene and then it's like oh it's ezra and that's the end of season one so and then everyone wants to fight so uh yeah so anything else you two have actually one other question that i have on that when you rewatch the rebels scene this is the thing that kind of confuses me a little bit about how Ezra and Thrawn actually would have survived because if you watch the scene, like the Purgle's like tentacles are like through the windows of that Star Destroyer before they shoot off into hyperspace. So like, how did they breathe in space if they got off? You know, I'm sure that's something that can be explained around, but that was just something I noticed on a rewatch once and I was like, huh, technically y'all should be dead if you're in space. But anyway, one other fun fact. This episode's called Shadow Warrior. There's also an episode called Shadow Warrior in the Clone Wars. Um, and the plot of this episode is basically they're on Naboo and Jar Jar Binks has to impersonate Boss Leone because Boss Leone is being mind controlled by Rishi Lu, who's this like minister thing who's actually working for Count Dooku and is trying to once again like start some kind of attack on the Naboo. And literally what goes down in that episode is like 
the Gungans end up actually capturing General Grievous, who ends up being there. But like they set a trap for Anakin and capture Anakin. And then like literally they could have ended the Clone Wars there. But, you know, because Padme loves Anakin and like she didn't want to do a prisoner exchange. But literally Jar Jar and Bastioni were both like, no, you have to. He's your friend. And then they do a prisoner exchange and get Anakin back. And then Grievous runs off and the Clone Wars continues. And that is Shadow Warrior in the Clone Wars. So Darth Jar Jar. I don't know. I'm kind of surprised, like, that there wasn't... Because there's no way Dave did that on accident, right? Like, I'm kind of surprised there's not some kind of connection weaving in there. But anyway, I thought that was a really interesting tidbit. Apparently, Meech does not like Darth Jar Jar. So, <laughs> anything else before we can get into our plugs and get up out of here? Anakin is him. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I'll wait. All right. Forever. Hit us with the plugs. All right. So... As for our plugs, we have ourselves our Instagram and our Twitter and our, well, Twitter is currently known as X. And then we have threads, which is Blurcy22. Like, follow, subscribe, hit the bell for all notifications, stay up to date on all our regularly scheduled episodes. We have ourselves our YouTube and our Patreon under Blur City Pod. That's where you can donate a little chatter, get access to very exclusive episodes like character analysis of Pain, Nagato, Uchiha, the... Nagato Uzumaki, my fault, my fault. But then we also have ourselves our uh, our Discord linked in our Instagram and Threads page. Join a fine group of degenerates and we get to have ourselves just a fun time overall. Finally, we have ourselves our email blurred, city22 at gmail.com. We submit questions for Q&A sessions where you can submit your thoughts and your thoughts on these episodes and your thoughts on the show overall. And then also, again, I'm the Rogue Jedi 21 on TikTok, however long we got TikTok. And I may end up changing my name to uh, to the Enlightened One um, because I am no longer Rogue. But that's all I got. All right, Jamie. Well, as always, you can find me on Instagram at jsteach, J-A-Y-S-T-E-A-C-H. And I feel like I would be remiss not adding the comment that after our last episode that I was on. Return of the Jedi is not, in fact, a Christmas movie. It is. It's actually funny that you mentioned that. Um, Meech, we're not going to do any rebuttals. Just two minutes, another controversial Star Wars take, and we will argue offline. Oh, no. Oh, no. No rebuttals. Just say what you got to say, and I'm going to say my plugs, and we're going to go home. Oh, for... Wait, wait. Just for another random controversial thing? Yes. Yes. Oh, boy. You didn't... I was not prepared for this. Um, okay, so ah, some other. I thought you banned him from doing. Wasn't he not oh, allowed to do it anymore? Continuous game. Hold up, let me go ahead and get the get the get the notes out because oh, can't have me can't have me out here looking like a bum. Hold up, hold up, let me on it now. Yes, you yes you have yes you have. Have to be specifically Star Wars. Yes. Okay. Okay. So um. <laughs> the force won't let you speak. Yeah, literally, that's a bad sign already. Okay, all right. Here we go. Here we go. I would like to say that in my controversial opinion, which it may not even be controversial, is that Ray, Ray Palpatine, Ray Skywalker herself, and say that is a horribly written character. However. Daisy Ridley, phenomenal actress. And I'm tired of the people uh, going around and blaming the actor for their character. All right. 
see this this has been happening way too much lately we got jake lloyd uh aka episode one anakin we had Hayden Christensen for episodes two and three. Anakin gotten all this hate. Uh, we got ourselves a uh, Jar Jar Binks and his actor. It's time to stop. Okay, it's time to stop. And if you and if you continue to spout hate about of a certain actor, just know that Meech the Gray will immediately turn back to Meech the Dark. Listener, beware that both of the Meeches have currently drawn swords, and this is their posture as that statement is made. And just FYI, I I will not use just one sword. I will I will not even use two. I'm going full Killer B. General Grievous. Ooh, eight. Nah, we using eight swords. We using eight. So so yeah, take that as you will. This is not a threat. This is a promise. Nice. I feel like that's not even a controversial take, but again, we're going to talk offline about it. So for my, uh, so one thing just to recap with our main podcast on Wednesday, we are doing the newlywed game. We're bringing uh, the third host on uh, Afropuff Samurai. Meech and I, we guessed our just different things about each other. It took a turn. I'll say that. So tune in Wednesday for our, our newlywed game. <laughs> if you want the content. So with that, my plugs, my individual author pages, Instagram, Mitri underscore dash, my ex at the mad dash 16. If you're interested in my book, Phantom Pains, The Most Regular Tell, you can catch that on Amazon or Kindle. So as we always say, it's not goodbye forever. It's just goodbye for now. And that's the Blur City Podcast. See you later.